Welcome to Bottom Line's Conversations with the Experts. I'm Sarah Heiner, President of Bottom Line Inc., the number one provider of expert-sourced, expert-vetted, expert advice that empowers your life. I'm talking today to Dr. Lori Steelsmith, a leading licensed naturopathic physician specializing in women's health. She's the co-author of several books, including the critically acclaimed book, Natural Choices for Women's Health. Lori's also one of Bottom Line's team of expert bloggers, and you can find her blog, Natural Healing Secrets for Women, at bottomlineinc.com. And you can learn more about Lori's very busy practice in Hawaii at naturalchoicesforwomen.com. So welcome, Lori. Oh, thank you. I love talking to you. <laughs> Great. Well, and you know what? I think it's so important because the things that you write about are the things that nobody can talk about and nobody will ask about. Interesting. Right? Yeah. And, you know, we, we were talking another day, we were talking about vaginal dryness. Well, people come to our website regularly about that. And we did another, you and I did a podcast on it because nobody's going to talk. They're, they're not talking to their girlfriends about it. Talk to my girlfriends about all sorts of stuff, but not that. Right. So, right. Yeah. It's an intimate, it's an intimate topic. It is true. So today we're going to talk about breast tenderness. And the reason we're talking about it, you wrote a blog recently called Solving the Mystery Behind Breast Tenderness. And the thing that was interesting, because there's not a girl who didn't start menstruating and have breast tenderness their whole life. So the interesting thing in this is why this breast tenderness and why did it suddenly become an issue? Right. So Well, I, in that... Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, so first question, what's normal, what's not? Okay. So great question. You know, in the blog, I mentioned a patient who had recent breast tenderness that, that just seemed to escalate. And she was kind of in her early 40s. And basically, you know, her hormones were starting to become imbalanced. And, and the reason why they were becoming imbalanced is just a fact of life that her ovaries are kind of going on their career change. <laughs> you know, it's basically the adrenal glands have to pick up where the ovaries left off. And when the ovaries go through their career change, which is really perimenopause, um, you can start to get imbalances in hormones. And imbalances in hormones can then lead to tissue changes in the breast. And they can result in cysts, they can just, or they can just be like extreme nipple tenderness like this patient had. I mean, she experienced a, the type of tenderness that brought her to my office. And she was like, I can't hug my children. Um, it hurts when I work out. Um, you know, what do I do about this? And it was, you know, pretty predictable that it was before her periods. And, you know, I, I ran a bunch of tests and made sure that she didn't have any cysts and made sure that it wasn't, you know, a breast tumor or any kind of an infection. And, um, you know, by just treating her liver and supporting her foundation of health with diet and exercise and detox and giving her some herbs, you know, we were able to resolve this and then send her through her perimenopause without having to suffer from that all the time. All right, I want to, I'm going to come back to breaking down the treatment for that um, because I think there's, you had multiple steps and it's interesting that you talked about detox and liver, like it's, it's more, there's so many facets to how to rebalance the body. I want to start out, come back a little bit to the beginning a little bit in terms of what's accept, acceptable breast pain. You know, different people, I heard an anesthesiologist, a friend of mine was talking about that doctors are, uh, there's this status called zero pain, like zero to 10 and people try to be zero pain. And I think culturally, we are moving toward this assumption of pain-free existence. So, huh, right. Do, right? And obviously right. we have a painkiller issue. So right. I wanna just be clear at the very base level, 
of that, you know, women being sure that they've got an understanding that there's an acceptable level of brain, of brain, breast tenderness, and that that's okay. And that, you know, how do they determine and know when it's gone beyond? And, or is it, you know, individual people's pain thresholds? Okay, so basic swelling of the breast tissue and slight pain in the breast and some tenderness that is episodic and occurs just before a period starts or just at ovulation is completely normal because where there's surges of hormones that are happening during ovulation and happening before um, a woman has her period that can then lead to some changes in the breast tissue. Okay. Um, girls in puberty can have pain right behind their nipple. That is very normal and tenderness as the breast buds starts to develop and then their breast tissue starts to um, develop and, and, and to turn into a breast. Um, women can also have what we call fibrocystic changes in the breast, often stimulated by caffeine, but also can just be part of the normal physiology of a, of, of a woman's breast. And sometimes the cystic, fibrocystic tissue can become more tender and more painful, again, at ovulation or in the luteal phase, which is the second half of a woman's cycle before her period. And, and just a little bit more tender, and then she gets her period, and then it goes away. That is all very normal. Women tend to come into my office or seek out help when the pain reaches a threshold that is above just a mild pain. And it's like, oh, I need to, I, I want to take some medication for this because it really does not feel good. And, or they want to figure out what to do to fix it. And quite frankly, I think that taking NSAIDs, which are non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen um, or, or even other drugs, I don't think that we should be masking the breast pain. I think that we need to look at the signals from our bodies as red flags that something's out of balance, and then we need to take action to correct that imbalance. So even, you know, I always say that you kind of, you know your body best, right? And that in general, we always know when there's a pain that's a normal achy painy versus something when it's turning into an evil pain. So that's again, right. as, as young people start to understand their bodies, is it, you know, do they need to just kind of watch the gauge of the level of pain and if it you know stays in a place or if it's if it's really uncomfortable do they need to go in and talk to their doctor because they may have some hormonal issue even at that young age well this is a great question I mean I think education is what it's all about like why we don't learn this in school instead of like organic chemistry which you never use you know <laughs> or calculus I mean? like, why does okay, anyone I mean, need calculus right why did we ever do with that right it was just boot camp to see like who's willing to get through that but I mean this is practical good information and I think that young women need to know that the outer quadrant of their breast kind of near their armpit area is, is denser breast tissue and can become more painful cyclically with their cycles. And if that pain comes and goes, that's pretty normal. If it becomes more exaggerated or they feel a lump or they have discharge from their nipple or there's redness on their breast, anything like that, they need to go and have that checked. Or if there's persistent unexplained breast pain, they need to definitely have that checked. And, and, 
you know, I think a understanding what's normal for your body and then B knowing what isn't normal is very important. And I would say normal is cyclical comes and goes and it's mild. Abnormal is uh, persistent pain, a lump discharge from your nipple or any kind of redness on the breast. All of those situations need to be seen by a doctor. How about different pain levels, right versus left? Well, sometimes you can have more pain in one breast than the other. That can okay. be due to cystic changes or an actual cyst could have developed. And there are also different kinds of breast lumps, right? There are fluid-filled cysts that can come and go. There are harder cysts that can develop in puberty called fibroadenomas, and those are benign. And then there are... Um, you know, other kinds of ductal, lobular kinds of cysts that can develop. And then that, those things need to be evaluated to make sure that they're nothing bigger than that, a right. benign so, uh, breast lump. So if they have pain that's out of balance, if one side's more painful than another, same thing, then that should go in for a check. I, I would, because that suggests something that's happening on one side and not systemically. Systemically, um, meaning both sides are affected, you're gonna think something systemic like a hormone imbalance. Right. Something happening on one side. Now, the other thing, but, but, but I wanna just clarify something. It can be a hormone imbalance that leads to cysts on one side. It can be, because women in perimenopause, I have seen it over and over again, that women start to develop cysts like in their late 40s, early 50s, as their, as their hormones are again like on a roller coaster. Um, I had one patient, for instance, who in 2016 had an estradiol level, and estradiol is our strongest estrogen, and normal is like somewhere no, no higher than like 430, 430. Um, and then, you know, typically women feel good around. Estra estradiol being between 50 and 150, okay? So her estradiol level, instead of it being within those ranges, was 900, Wow. okay? And this patient was not taking any estrogen at all, and six weeks later, retested her estradiol level, and it was less than 25. I mean, that is crazy. That is a roller coaster. And this patient also complained of left-sided breast cysts. She had developed three breast cysts on the left breast. So, and, and luckily they ended up being benign. She did have the mammogram, she had ultrasound, she had a biopsy, everything was normal. But you can see how perimenopause can be an incredible roller coaster of hormones. And the surge of estrogen that she had in September probably right. resulted but in- But most importantly underneath it is develop. rapid change, go in and get it checked, off balance, go in and get it checked. Right, okay. Let's take a brief break. That's right. And then we're gonna come back and talk about treatments for this breast tenderness. I'm talking to Dr. Lori Steelsmith about some of the many challenges that women face. Whether it's breast pain, vaginal pain, or emotional pain, we all wanna live and love freely, but it's not easy when our bodies don't cooperate. Dr. Sealsmith is the author of several highly acclaimed books, all for sale at bottomlinestore.com. Her best-selling book, Great Sex Naturally, reveals for the first time how women can combine modern medicine, ancient secrets, and completely natural methods to dynamically recharge their sexuality. She includes all those candid questions that women have about libido, vaginal dryness, menstruation, and ovulation, but are afraid to ask anybody. Great Sex Naturally is a vital guide for women who want more fulfilling sex lives. 
Growing younger every day, the three essential steps for creating youthful hormone balance at any age is Dr. Steele Smith's all-purpose go-to guide for women. It's loaded with specific tips, advice, and practical information to help transform their lives forever. Dr. Steele Smith's first book, Natural Choices for Women's Health, How the Secrets of Natural and Chinese Medicine Can Create a Lifetime of Wellness, charts a course to wellness for all women. The book is divided into 10 crucial components of a woman's body. The immune system, kidneys, liver, digestive system, heart, hormones, bones, breasts, pelvis, and mental health all of which must work together in concert in order to enjoy vital health. Natural Choices for Women's Health is a must-have reference manual for all women who know there are ways to help beyond the world of mainstream medications. You can buy all of Lori's books at bottomlinestore.com. And if you use coupon code Lori, that's L-A-U-R-I-E, you get 20% off when you buy them. Bottomlinestore.com. Welcome back. So let's talk about, we're talking about breast tenderness. We're talking Thank about you. all the causes of breast tenderness. Let's talk about the treatment. In your blog, you were talking about this woman who, in perimenopause, had a hormone imbalance. And it seems that from our conversation, that hormone seems to be the root of a lot of breast tenderness. Indeed, it is. I would say and is it's it one single hormone imbalance? Like, is it the same kind of hormone imbalance, or are there a thousand different variations and combinations depending on the individual? Well, there can be variations because, you know, depending on which hormones being affected. So in some case, sometimes women can have a prolactin imbalance, which is coming from the pituitary gland. And the only way to know that is to run a prolactin test. Um, and, and, and excess prolactin can also lead to uh, nipple discharge and, then a patient really needs to see an endocrinologist and get that all evaluated. Um, other hormones can be thyroid. Now, if the thyroid is under-functioning, then it's going to impact estrogen. And um, some women can end up with excessive amounts of estrogen because of an under-functioning thyroid. And that can then lead to excess stimulation to the breast tissue because there's too much estrogen interacting with the breast tissue and that can then lead to possible cyst formation or breast tenderness. So um, what kind of, so mm -hmm. what kind of, when someone goes into the doctor, what kind of test should they look out for or are there layers of it? Do you start with one kind of test and then, or depending on it, what, what, what kind of testing should be done? How's that for the least articulate question ever? <laughs> I thought it was great. I mean, the bottom line is to run a full hormone test. And that basically means I run estrogen, progesterone, DHEA, testosterone, and I look at cortisol, and, and most I want to check through the urine test. You have a 24 I'm going to do test. A, most of them are through a 24-hour urine test to check the female hormones, but I will do a blood test and basal body temperature mm -hmm. testing to check her thyroid hormone levels. And because, you know, thyroid's also very important for healthy ovulation. If a woman doesn't have healthy ovulation, then she won't have a robust production of a of progesterone through her corpus luteum, which happens at ovulation. And then the progesterone won't balance out the estrogen. And so then she ends up with something called estrogen dominance, which too much estrogen can then overstimulate the breast tissue, create the swelling, create the tenderness, and can even lead to more cyst formation, which is what I think was happening with my patient whose estradiol was 900 one month, and then the next six weeks later was less than 25. 
So how much impact does the stressors of our society have on all of this? <laughs> well, you know, like I'm wondering if every woman should go in and just, you know, the same way we go for colonoscopies and we go for mammograms, every 10 years should right. women go for a full hormone panel? Well, that's a great question. I mean, I actually do a 24-hour urine hormone test on my patients who are taking hormones every single year so that I can make sure that A, they've got the proper levels of hormones, and then B, that they're taking their hormones and breaking them down well. And what that means is you actually, the liver is super important to having balanced hormone levels. Now, I'm gonna just jump a little bit. In Chinese Are we getting a chemistry chat test? A little bit. No, no, I'm gonna actually do something more fun. <laughs> okay. Phew, chemistry wasn't my strong part. Right. So, so the deal is, in Chinese medicine, the breasts are actually like an extension of the liver. And so, you know, one of the ways as naturopathic physicians and as a practitioner of Chinese medicine, we, you know, one of the ways that we treat breast tenderness is we move the liver chi. We move the liver. We get, we, we have our patients take liver lipotropics, which are um, amino acids and herbs that help the liver to break down hormones and, and put it into bile and break down all kinds of environmental toxins. So, you know, we really want to treat the liver to make sure that we're breaking our hormones down. And the liver takes these hormones and can either make friendly, happy estrogen, or it can make more pro proliferative, pro-carcinogenic estrogen. And we don't want that kind because that proliferative, pro-carcinogenic estrogen is not good for our tissues, our breast tissue, our cervical tissue, our cervix, our uterus, our ovaries. It's, it's, not, it's not good for us. Now, Another whole dimension we haven't even talked about are xenoestrogens, and these are environmental estrogens that your liver has to deal with, and that means environmental chemicals that mimic estrogen in your own body. So yes, stress can cause a monkey wrench in what's happening with your whole endocrine system and prevent healthy ovulation, but a whole other stressor that women are dealing with from birth to death is really this onslaught of environmental chemicals that your liver's having to break down and deal with, and that can actually impact our DNA. I mean, it can impact, you know, uh, estrogen-sensitive cells. Yes. So, I mean, I really think we need to look at diet, too, and look at, you know, how that's impacting our what's happening on a cellular level. Okay, so then let's talk, let's talk about... I don't know, which way do I want to go first? Do I want to go to the treatment of these hormone imbalances or, and then let's talk about that. Let's talk about the treatment of, you know, the breast tenderness, the hormone imbalances, how to bring it back in. And then let's talk about prophylactic, talk about liver support and, you know, what women should be doing to keep themselves in balance. How's that? Okay. That sounds great. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So depending on where a woman's at, um, I would say that we've got, if we just talk about the case in, in the blog, I mean, basically, this woman had what we call estrogen dominance, right? Her, she was not putting out a nice, robust amount of progesterone because she wasn't having adequate ovulation. She wasn't even ovulating, you know, regularly, right? Because she's 42. So, and, and even if she did ovulate a little bit, then she just didn't have enough progesterone. So she had too much estrogen compared to progesterone in that second half of her cycle. And that can result in too much estrogen stimulation to the breast tissue. So what do we do with her? Well, we want to try to support her ovulation. 
I don't want to just come in with progesterone. I actually want to help her own body find its way, right? I mean, that's sort of the naturopathic way. It's even the Chinese medicine way. So I gave her an herb called chase tree berry and chase tree berry literally helps to support ovulation. It's used a lot in infertility. And not that this patient wants to enhance her fertility, but she just wants more balance. But if you create more hormone balance, you're also going to promote better fertility. So I gave her an herb called chase tree berry, which helped to nurture her ovulation. I, we changed her diet, right? And we you know, had her eat organic food and eat more regular food so that she wasn't going into high levels of cortisol when she was super crazy hungry or eating too many carbohydrates. Um, you know, and that's a whole other dimension we can talk about. But, you know, the adrenal glands are really critical during this time in a woman's life, because as I said earlier in the show, you know, when your ovaries are going through their career change, your adrenals have to pick up where the ovaries left off. So supporting the adrenals with diet and botanicals is really important to help ease the highs and lows of perimenopause and the whole hormonal craziness that can go on. So using herbs like ashwagandha can be really helpful because they're, they're for people that are tired and wired all the time. Using herbs that help to nourish the adrenal glands. Even the ginsengs are really wonderful, especially American ginseng because it's more cooling, um, can help to support the adrenal glands. Or even rhodiola, it's a wonderful herb for kind of supporting serotonin levels if a woman tends to be more depressed and anxious with her hormonal changes. So um, so our botanical medicine is really great for this, this group. I also think that using fats um, healthy fats like our omega-3 fats will change these hormone-like substances called prostaglandins, and these in turn will decrease inflammation. So we want to make sure that she's not, you know, pro-inflammatory. So we want to bring the the we want to shift her prostaglandins towards less inflammation. And using fish oils and even even in primrose oil can be really helpful for breast pain. What? Oh, so the inflammation is because of the breast pain, not because of the hormones. Um, that's correct. Got it. Okay. And, it, yeah, and, I mean, it, and it's because the hormone, actually, backing up, the hormones actually can impact the prostaglandins. A okay. lot of menstrual cramps can be related to prostaglandins. So by having the proper hormone balance, that will impact inflammation, actually. The thing that never ceases to amaze me, and again, I've been kind of living in this world for the last 20 years or so, just my hormones got, got all fluey years ago. And living in this, it just constantly is amazing to me. The, the, the interconnectedness and the, the level of nuance to the treatment and to the getting the systems to speak to each other. Who yeah. ever thought that the liver is yeah. in charge of your hormones? Who thought yeah. your immune system's in your digestive tract? Right. That, and this is not do-it-yourself medicine. It's really this amazing art, to, art and science that the pros really have to do. It's not simply go online and, and treat yourself and you know buy some Chase Tree Berry and be done with it. Right, you're yeah. so right, you're so yeah. right. And and what you just mentioned with the gut, I mean, we haven't even explored that yet. <laughs> oh no, we're not, that'll be another day. That'll be I mean, hours another day. And that's huge. I mean, there yeah. is literally bacteria in the gut that get this, will cleave estrogen from the bile salt that it's bound to, and you will reabsorb it. So, so you can end up getting estrogen dominant simply because you've got the wrong gut bacteria. I mean- Yeah, we're not going there today. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so, but then I think the net effect is that there is a combination of botanicals 
and of some hormone that can help build up the hormones, bring it back into balance, seeing a professional for assistance. How about just real quickly, because we're running out of time, prophylactically, lifestyle changes, healthy diet, et cetera. What's, what's your, I'll call it, you know, Dr. Steele Smith's three-step advice on how, how women can help reduce their imbalances? Okay, the three-step advice is eat an organic, healthy diet that's perfect for your body type. Number two, let's detoxify on a regular basis because that's going to impact every cell in your body. And number three, let's look at the mind-body experience because, you know, that the mind is where you make your choices. And if we can become conscious of what we're doing and how we're doing it and make subtle shifts towards positive change, we will have a happier, healthier life. Love it. And let me just clarify two things on that, though. Um, Eat from my body type. How do I know what my body type is? That's going to be another blog. (laughs) Okay. Stay tuned to Dr. Lori Steele-Smith's blog. Um, And then uh, the other item, in terms of detoxifying, again, you're talking about... um, environmental detoxification. I'm talking about, actually, I'm talking about exercise every single day in order Mm -hmm. to sweat and move blood through your body and move your lymphatics. I'm talking about eating food that doesn't create too much burden on your body with environmental toxins. So eating organic and detoxify means making sure that you have enough nutrient level in your system so that your detoxification systems can work. Um, one of the things we talked about in the blog was having our the patient eat a lot more cruciferous vegetables, including broccoli sprouts, because that actually helps to detoxify estrogen. All righty. Dr. Lori Steele-Smith, we could go on for hours, but we're going to stop <laughs> now and do more of this another day. Great. So people can go to bottomlineinc.com and sign up for your blog, Natural Healing Secrets for Women. Thank you so much, Dr. Lori Steele-Smith. Oh, thank you too.